Yeah. Okay. So yeah, this is Analog Dialogue Podcast. This is me, Gab, and this is Daryl right here. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are in a pandemic, 2020 pandemic. I don't know when you are right now in the timeline of the universe, but this is Anna Chu. If you don't know her already, you have to follow her because you're missing out in life. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna Chu. Um, I'm a film photographer and a filmography ambassador for the Philippines. I'm also part of uh, this nonprofit film group called We Want Film. So, thanks for having me. Of course. We've been wanting you on this podcast for a while now. Uh, but life happens and we all get stopped by something, you know. Uh, yeah. I have a feeling. We are we have this upcoming project with Enna and a bunch of other people, so stay tuned. It's gonna be out on the main channel. Yeah. Uh, uh, 35 studio. Yes. Yeah, I don't think we can talk about it that much because it's kind of like a secret project. But already <laughs> talked about it. Yeah, it's gonna be very interesting, and I'm sure a lot of you guys will relate to that. But right now, we really want to talk to Anna Chu and pick her brain apart. Um, we talked a lot about the pandemic and the situation. She revolved a lot about the the theme of monotony. Do you think your mental uh, health, like you talked about earlier, will be able to adapt to this? Or do you think it's necessary for the, no- the old normal to be back? I really think that we can't just accept that this is the new normal because as the stroke said, it's the new abnormal. So it's not really, the fact that you're, you're calling it new normal means it's not normal. And I think, um, a lot, a lot of people also realize that social interaction and social connection is really crucial to their mental health. I don't think it's just me. Mm-hmm. So I think even the introverts, even my introvert friends have been telling me like, actually I'm slightly comfortable with the setup, but then there's this feeling of me still wanting to go out. Mm-hmm. So it still feels that their li- their freedom is being limited. So I don't think that's something that we can just accept and we have to force ourselves to cope with or to live with because it's definitely not okay. Right. How about you, Daryl? What do you feel about that? Yeah, I like how the there's one local uh, channel here in the Philippines. Like they're not using the term uh, "new normal," but instead they're using "better normal." Mm. I think it's a better way of um, looking at things. Like something. Yeah, it's an optimistic way of uh, looking at things. Like you, you don't need to change 100% of what you were doing before. It's just like we just have to improve on the things that we need to improve on. Mm-hmm. So it just exposed probably the things that were already existing. And yeah. now it's just glaring. Like Anna said earlier that there are a lot of things that we just weren't paying attention to. Like with yourself, like you probably had these triggers, but they weren't getting triggered. And it's just now that they're getting triggered. So I guess as a society, there were a lot of problems already. It was already ugly. We were just probably focused on too many things that we got, you know, um, calloused. 
and yeah. then see. Yeah. You're alone with your thoughts to confront whatever it is that you know you've been putting off, trying not to think about. And that also goes with a lot of issues like in the world in general, because we have the, as, as you mentioned, the people in the this podcast has the privilege to like, just brush it off. But then now it's really something yeah. you have to think about. It can just brush it off because there's something terrible happening on a daily basis. And mm-hmm. it's really time, you know, really do something about it or at least educate yourself about it. So I think that's one good thing that this pandemic has brought on us. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Like it really exposes how um our lack of mental health education and our lack of mental health services here in the Philippines and at the same time, I don't know, it's just one of the fears that we that I'm thinking of like because there are already news reports that the next pandemic is going to be a mental health one. Once this subsides like we we're, we're more exposed to different um mental health uh problems and j- just for uh, okay so a little background since my dad is a psychiatrist just for um just to run some numbers if i'm not mistaken like there are only 400 psychiatrists here in the philippines mm. so like I am not sure. If the, I'm not really sure of the exact math, but if we compute it, it's like one doctor for every 500 people, or 5,000 people, something like that. The point is, it's really um, like there's really a lack of pro- mental health care professionals that are trained to handle these types of situations. And I hope that that part of the better normal is uh, we equip and when we teach more people about it. Yeah. I saw that headline, but I didn't really read the article. So, what does that mean? Like, why would that be the next pandemic? Um, because the uh, I think the effect of COVID is it's not it's beyond COVID itself. Like, for example, um, I'm not sure if this is really a mental health related thing, but this is just something at the back of my mind. So during the first week of GCQ was the first time was um, I saw Marla again. So mm. my girlfriend and we were um, out outside um, in a grocery. Uh, yeah, we were we were doing some groceries and when we were just around like two feet apart, people were looking at us strangely like, "Oh, you're not practicing social distancing." Okay. Mm. I mean, I understand that fact, but. Um, is this going to be part of the new normal? Like, is it taboo now to be um, close to one another? I mean, I understand that like, since it's still, uh, COVID is still here, like, yeah, we should practice it. And that was our mistake. But I hope that after COVID, like, people are not scared to be like intimate with each other or to see people like side by side, even with our own families. Mm-hmm. I also read that article and I feel like one of the reasons why people are getting triggered nowadays is because nga, parang you're expected to not be close with other people. So even if you see your friends, yeah. you can't get close to them, you can't hug them, you can't mess with them. To add to that, since nasa, ano na tayo na article reading, I also read that uh, an article that says that um, human touch is like part of the needs of people. So I think that's also 
one of the reasons na kaya we're, we're really having a hard time. Because who would have thought, di ba, that, that a pandemic would cause us to stay away from our loved ones. Yeah. not We're being discouraged from getting close to them, avoiding them even. Tapos, it's really hard now, um, especially since you mentioned that um, it's being frowned upon. Because I also felt this way. Not naman from other people, but when I went out with my friends, um, I told you guys earlier, but we just drove around, didn't really go anywhere. But I was like hesitant in posting it because I was thinking that people would be like, oh my God, they're not practicing social distancing. Why are they meeting up? Is that safe? That's irresponsible. And I get the fears that they have. But um, also they have to understand that a lot of people have, a lot of people have different ways in how they're coping. So part of the way that I'm coping is to meet up with my friends. And that's really something that I hope they don't deny me because that's I feel like that's a need right now. Yeah, I see that happening. Like people, I would go as far as to say that people are shaming each other yeah. for coping a different way. I feel like nobody really knows how to you know, cope and nobody really knows how to deal with the pandemic, even just the COVID alone. Like uh, sometimes the professionals would tell you to wear a mask and then Next week, they would tell you, oh, you don't need to wear a mask. Um, you don't need this. You don't need that. So no one really knows. No one's on top of it. Or at least as far as we know right now, you know, no one's on top of it. But people are so uh, quick to shame other people for not doing it the way they're doing it. So I think that might cause another problem or is causing another problem. Yeah, yeah. The online culture now is that there's a lot of holier-than-thou mindset. Yeah. Cancel culture is real. Yeah. <laughs> cancel culture is real. My friend messaged me the other day, like, oh, sino na naman kaya cancel today? Because uh, <laughs> like, someone is getting canceled. Yeah. And then, parang, guys, we're in the middle yeah. of a pandemic. We have bigger things to worry about. But yeah, that's all. Like... Because, like, celebrities, usually they're, I mean, they have these PR people who would tell them what to do and what not to do. And even them, they're getting it wrong. So, uh, yeah. What... No one knows. <laughs> and we shouldn't fault each other for that. I think, yeah. unless it's blatantly like wrong and harming other people, then, yeah. you know. Are you guys familiar with the HGHG podcast? Familiar. I've seen some of them, yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with HGHG podcast with Ethan? Uh, Ethan Klein, are are you familiar, Anna? I think I heard of it, but I haven't listened to an episode yet. Ah, yeah. So there are YouTubers that make like um, satire and commentaries and shit. And I just remembered this once. Uh, one thing they talked about since we're talking about the canceled culture, like sometimes people. Um, it's I think it's a negative coping mechanism, like. We always tend to shoot arrows up, just so um, we're uh, we're not reminded of how shitty our own situation is. Like yeah. we like to throw rocks on people like that are of higher stature. Like, yeah, you're you're full of shit. Like, yeah, your business needs to close down because you're this and that. But at the end of the day, your end goal is just it's just a distraction for you to feel like, yeah, I'm, I w- I want to make your life shittier than what I'm feeling right now. And mm-hmm. I get I get the point that. What they're doing is wrong, but the motive behind it, if that is your motive, like just to feel good about yourself, is I don't think that's a healthy um, 
that's a healthy coping mechanism. That's why I'm not really into the cancelled culture uh, oh, mindset. No one really knows the entire story. So I thought yeah. I, the person being accused of stuff like you don't know what happened. So how can you say that he's cancelled? So, yeah. And the problem is like you guys said like it's culture you know and people find it okay now to do that like it's the norm every time someone does something bad it has to go public you know there, there's no room for dialogue anymore because once that goes public and people are posting and it, it has like thousands of shares already no one's going to listen to you no one's going to listen to each other anymore it's all just like hatred being spotted out and yeah it 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 makes a lot of sense what Daryl said that it's people trying to distract themselves because I really feel like you can gather your thoughts more you know more effectively without having to cancel other people if you really for change or for yeah. betterment rather than being hateful online that doesn't really do anything or maybe it does I don't know but for sure if you really thought about it and you're trying to be reasonable. There are many, plenty of other ways to yeah, go there, about it. Yeah, it might be effective, but I think there are better ways to do it. Yeah. And more sustainable ways that would really impact the change that we want to see. Well. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, did you guys see Matteo Guidicelli's video? <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get shitted on by the gamers and whatever, the people. Um, but I, I just didn't understand it. Like, I handle all my gadgets that way. <laughs> but I understand that, you know, you're in a culture of people who respect this higher than you do. So you can get sh- uh, shitted on by these people if they think you deserve whatsoever. But I feel like people are too angry at it. I don't know. Yeah. Do you guys see it? I, yeah. I just feel like I'm not hating on the people hating. I'm just feeling... I, I might be lost here. I just didn't understand why people were so enraged by it. <laughs> when, whenever we would talk about that video, I would just say that he doesn't look happy with what he's doing. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know about those things. Yeah. And, and, and like, we. that's another thing. What was that? Maybe he doesn't care about the warranty. Yeah. I mean, didn't we all start somewhere? Isn't this about that again? Like, we all started somewhere in film photography, let's say. Or whatever, fitness or whatever. Are you going to shame that person for being new? <laughs> That's what I don't understand about the video. <laughs> or the end, you know, the people reacting to it. Anything as a brand also, you have to be, like, wary of who you give your stuff to. Like if, mm-hmm. uh, for example, you give that that PlayStation to Mateo, you've probably seen some of his other videos, and you would probably have an idea how he would unbox that, or if he's an actual ca- good candidate for an unboxing video, yeah. 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 And the funny thing is, uh, if we're if we're, I, I think we're all familiar with JC Neistat. He even mm-hmm. unboxes things, you know, much like. Callous oh, way. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no one's giving him shit for that. Like, yeah. He even rips the box, the, the main box itself, he throws everything. Even even his new camera, he just throws it around. See. So yeah, I, and I enjoy that. I yeah. think that's why, like when I was watching the video, I thought like he was being 
disrespectful towards the community or the culture. But I'm like, I was towards the end of the video, and I was like, that was it. <laughs> that just, I missed something here. But other than that, I don't think like it was intentional. Like if people were disrespected, I don't think it was intentional. Definitely. Yeah. So I guess that's was that. Sorry. I mean, why would you do that? Especially since now you know that everyone's online, everyone can see the video, and everyone can cancel you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't done. It wasn't done out of malice. And I and I watched the whole thing. Was saying, oh, I don't know how to unbox. This is my first time to unbox a, a gadget. Yeah, so, yeah. So, that's a meme. Yeah, it's funny, but <laughs> there's no yeah, need to not, hate on him. Yeah, I feel like it's funny. It's just that yeah, the hate on it was probably unwarranted or or a. <laughs> uh, but it, it it relates back to I guess what you were saying. The people really just want to. Distract, <laughs> distract themselves from the shitty things that's happening, and not likable. Well, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Cancel culture. It's amazing. <laughs> I think it. Tulfo kasi tulfo is really perpetuating this thing. Well. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's uh. That's another time bomb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you guys get into like online skirmishes every now and then? I try to not as much as possible. What's that? Yeah. Online skirmishes. Like, do you get like into arguments or like heated shit or? Online rambulan, yeah. Yeah, but I think when I do it, because um, every now and then I would, but mostly to people I know, or when I know that it cannot be really, it can't really go wrong. Like, I think there's a way of entering a conversation, or you know, an energy that people won't be offended, people won't be, because you want to be an example for it or at least you want to have uh, productive conversations and when you start with you're so dumb this is how it's done you know boy DDS I feel like not the way to go about it yeah how, how, how will you try to right like when you have a friend and you want you want the best for your friend usually we do and when, when they're in uh, trouble or whatever like you don't try to berate them or anything you try to help them get better. And that's not how you start, right? A conversation. So why would you start a conversation like that with a stranger or with someone you disagree with? You already disagree. It already starts with you guys disagree. And so you're already in, you know, very unstable ground. But so I only, the, re- the only reason really that I engage is because I feel like somehow I showed them or the people who can see it that, oh, it's, it's doable. They didn't fight, but they were able to really talk about this, their disagreements. Yeah. You know, I think they're... What? Go. I mean, um, I agree with that because uh, the, my mentor at work, that's the way he would go about it when he wants to like engage in what he calls like, a healthy argument. You need to start from a place of kindness first and not... Mm-hmm get mad right away because oh my god why is this person thinking this way so stupid oh my god yeah. 
yourself well enough. Or even if you think that way on the inside, you can't say that to the person because yes. what good would that do? I mean, the person will just end up hating you for saying those things and then you wouldn't get to see your point of view. And that doesn't change yeah. anything. So, yeah. And this blinders would actually be thicker now because he doesn't want to hear anything you have to say, you know, or anyone who would sound like yeah. you. Yeah. So you're only callousing them further. But I think Daryl and I have, uh, we have a batchmate who's, uh, uh, we definitely agree with We don't want to talk political here, but. He has a different um, political mindset. Yeah. And it's yeah. very like, we totally don't agree with it. And, uh, but the way I deal with it is just like when we engage, we engage. Like I tell him about what I thought I think about it, and I never berate him or anything. And when he posts something I like, I like it. And uh, sometimes he comments on my posts, and now I just respond like like a normal person would. Like I feel like that's the only way. If if you if you I think outcast them, then where is the chance for communication? or yeah. the mind won't be changed for the better anymore. Yeah. And a person, uh, a friend of mine also told me that these people with different political views, um, they choose to stick by their views because they feel like they're being oppressed by elite and people who are more intelligent than them making them feel stupid. So mm -hmm. that's also one of the reasons why we really have to... Um, it's hard, but we have to talk their language and really make them understand, not with the terms that we would usually use, but by their terms so that they would yeah. get why we think that this is not good and also respect them if they don't agree. Yeah. I think um, the way I see it, um, the whole landscape of, uh, let's say, this online... I, 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 think, I don't think it's right to call it a discourse because it's not really a formal thing. Or, or online arguments, it's not based on ignorance, but rather laziness. I feel like some people just really don't want to spend the effort to to check their facts, or it's mm -hmm. it's easier to say, oh, ah, tanga kay, or ah, di ko na matalino, That rather than um, doing a quick Google search if the rebuttal of your um, opponent was true. So yeah. it's really a tiring thing to get into, especially mm -hmm. um, that's that's why I try to avoid it as much as possible. Yeah. I tried it. I, I, I tried confronting um, this one person, uh, this person once, but yeah, I, th I think uh, he was kind of lazy. He he'd rather tweet about mm -hmm. the the negative things rather than yeah. us talking about it and um, hearing both sides. He'd rather he he, he, uh, he closes his mind like, no, I'm right, you're wrong, that's it. I don't need to hear your side, even though I'm accusing you of the wrong things that yeah. you did. Like, okay, so uh, how is that? And the thing is, how is that fair? Like, uh, if you're confident that you're right with what you're saying, then I see no problem mm -hmm. with you having a conversation with me because mm -hmm. you're 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 sure that you're right. So. Hearing the other side would not change your point of view, right? Yeah. So these are the things like, okay, so bala <laughs> <laughs> There's always that crowd. Yeah. yeah. That's why we also have to be always be careful, even though let's say we it's 
it seems obvious to us that we're right and they're wrong, whatever. We should always still be careful that maybe sometimes we're wrong. And yeah. by doing that, we are an example to them as well that, oh, he, he accepts that this is wrong, this is right. And when they call something out, that's probably like, you know, because our side isn't always going to be right. You know, yeah. we, we're going to have some mistakes. And if they call that out, we have to be able to accept that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that happens. But, you know, I think that would be a good example for them too. that. Oh, I can take some losses because they're allowing, you know, you know, they're, they're taking their losses too. Yeah. So, speaking of Twitter, are you guys on Twitter? Uh, no. I am <laughs> no. active because there are a lot of the cancel culture that we talked about. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Is that the home for that? I feel like that's if you want to go to a museum of cancel culture, you, you go to Twitter. <laughs> it's so full of people pretending that they know all of their shit. And trying to impose it on everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I would describe Twitter. So I'm like, why? Why are people loving this so much? The last time I was on Twitter was two weeks ago, just to complain to PayPal that my account was hacked. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For that also to complain or to join like these promos where you have retweets that was before. Yeah. I felt like it was cooler before. It was just funny. I think. Yeah. And and like if you would see political people there, I felt like back then it was smarter. People really were more concise with what yeah. they were saying, more factual because there weren't a lot of them. But now it feels like when you're on Twitter, you have to be political. I feel like that's what people think over there. And yeah. the hard part about that is even if you're not factual about things, even if you don't really know anything about what you're saying, you feel like you have to have an opinion and I don't think that's the way it should work. Yeah. Yeah. The 2010 to 2015 year of Twitter was more of a discourse type of thing. <laughs> like, there were more intelligent discussions yeah. there. But yeah, I would agree. Somewhere yeah. along the road, it just became a rant, <laughs> a rant page. With, I'm sorry, I don't like to use the term social justice warriors negatively but yeah i'm I'm not seeing a healthy benefit from that type of culture right now and it's actually like you know now people are cautious about you know talking about the social justice warriors because you know back then it was cool because they were very reasonable as a group or as a whole but now there are just a lot of i think bad apples that a lot of people try to or even i like when I would think about social justice warriors, I would think of those bad apples, you know, they kind of, you can't stop from, I guess when there are a bunch of bad apples and they're speaking so loud, you can't help but them being the representations of the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It sucks. It sucks because it, it's, it's, it's halting the productive, you know, understanding of each other. I think. Nowadays, yes. Like, uh, do you really think that was deserving of a call out? Because I don't think so. <laughs> a lot of things to worry about. Yeah, but that's another thing. Uh, there was this uh, professor who said something about there are a lot of people who 
would try to really just go out there and talk about bigger stuff and ignore the smaller stuff that would actually make a change. Like say, um, yeah, you know, something they cannot really move. They just want to speak of it just to show other people that I'm cool and I'm speaking for this. You know, it's, it's a, what you call it, identity politics. Like, hey, this is what I'm about. I'm fighting for this, fighting for that. But really, you're trashing your own neighborhood. You won't really even mind. The problems that you see every day, you're not doing anything about it, yeah. right? But when you're out there, social media, look at me, I'm doing shit. <laughs> look at me, how cool I am. You know? I remember so many people. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and it's funny because, you know, it's funny and sad at the same time. But yeah, Twitter. <laughs> to, Sorry, guys. To, Don't people on Twitter. <laughs> the last time I was there was actually just to vent or to share because I couldn't contain it that I was craving for lumpia. I was like, lumpia. <laughs> that was it. Like, two years of not tweeting, go back to Twitter just to say that I'm craving for lumpia. <laughs> and then deleted the app again. <laughs> that was dumb. But That's funny. Yeah. L- let's take a two-second break. It's getting super cold here. Just two seconds. Okay. <laughs> 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 okay, so welcome back. Yeah, so welcome back. Um, more energy if you like, I'm so monotonous. What's that? They need to speak like with more energy if you like. I don't, I don't know. It's a very new thing and I didn't exactly like the... Uh, I don't think our previous podcasts were that solid. I feel like they needed work anyway, so this could be a fresh start and... And this is right. like, like a guerrilla thing. Just last minute, we thought, that, oh, yeah, let's record this conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's take so a podcast. We'll see. We'll see how this yeah. turns out. No, one thing yeah. I, I want to talk about, like, what are your thoughts on the current artist slash, uh, what was the term again? Like, uh, it's not activist. Uh, help me out here. Like, when you're trying this slash what are, you, what are you referring or maybe to? i think it's an i think activist is the artist, right word like art yeah how artists are using uh their art to make a statement right now i think um for me because early during during the early days of the quarantine like yeah i wanted to quit uh art i think now i realize that it's more practical to go into like financial topics because uh, you need your emergency funds, things like that, mm. because uh, we lost work. But then as things progress and more issues come up, not just COVID with the government, now we see the power of artists. Since now we're more uh, tuned to our screens, our phones, now you see the value of art and how it could uh, make a louder message than it ever was before like how um, political uh, photos or graphic arts are done and I think I just want to touch on this topic that I see more photography now in terms of painting with light I think Anna someone mentioned earlier I think it was Anna that the world is like 
starting to be consumed by darkness. And I think these are the small glimpses of light that we see that how art can make can show light. I don't know. It's just something deep I realized that earlier. I think it's I think it's definitely interesting the way artists are using their platform and their talent to really put a message out there. Because I think we were left with little to no choice because of the shot shutdown of one of the major stations in the country where a lot of people get their news from. And another thing that's happened is the arrest of, you know, Maria Reza from Rappler. So what other way could we spread information to other people? Diba? So I think it's really amazing that para it, it's hitting two birds in one stone eh, because you get um, a powerful message and you can't just ignore it because of how the good how good the art is, yeah. because of how good the medium is. And at the same time, it gives um, also exposure to the artists who make these forms of um, statements. So, ayun, it's amazing. But at the same time, I'm also wondering how it affects like people with mental health issues because I talked to some friends and they're really sad. Then the, the, yung nga, pros and cons. Eh. Yung pros is yung nga, what I mentioned. And then yung cons naman, some people who go to Instagram to escape all of the negativity and all of the bad news, they're... they're mm. yeah. Right. So, yeah. I guess... Um, Right, siguro it's a balance. There has to be a balance. So, yeah. Yeah, even I would probably say, talk about both ends here. Like, I saw this post. I I do not exactly remember how it was worded, but it was worded so beautifully. So I'm gonna butcher that. But it said something like, "When all of this is over, uh, remember that when everything was so dark." you all turn to artists. Okay. On the flip side, uh, I saw this post that Daryl uh, shared on Facebook wherein the post was talking about like, uh, if, you're, if you're posting on social media uh, and you're not posting about uh, the issues like the, or, uh, the, the Black Lives Matter or the junk terror bill, then what was that again? There, like yeah, it was so I dumb. Think, I know, uh, it was no one cares about your cookies that you bake. Yeah, yeah you should. Uh, you should all start posting about uh, the junk terror bill things that would make a difference. Uh, yeah, and I really like the reply of one of uh, the comments there. It said that, uh, um, "Sorry, honey, people need to work as well. Like we can <laughs> multitask. We can talk about." Uh, uh, things wrong about the government at the same time bake cookies and cut them some slack yeah <laughs> <laughs> they could not be posting about it but they're doing other ways to help like maybe they're donating here and there and maybe yeah. selling cookies and then donating it to the cause so parang wait now tayong masyadong ajit yeah. yeah and you're forcing people to be like to broadcast whatever they're yeah. doing like hey I'm helping and usually, we don't even want our relatives or even our friends or closest friends to know what we're doing or, you know, how we're helping and stuff like yeah. that. But you're pressuring these people to feel like they're bad people for not showing how they're yeah. helping. So, and, and like what, yeah, go. Yeah, and I really hate how some people are saying just because you're quiet or silent online, it already means you're apolitical or something. It's like you don't care. 
Yes. I totally agree. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it lang parang yeah, it's, it's really a pet peeve of mine. But my it, so I tried um stalking people who say these dear um uh I will I will not paint the whole demographic with the same brush, mm-hmm. but I see it as these are these are more of the 16 year olds to 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand. When I was that age, I was really super like uh, optimistic about things. I I want to. I want people to make a change. Like more of yeah. the activist life. I I was so narrow-minded back then. Like all I thought was this is the most important thing. I, I I'm forgetting the fact that yeah I could afford just spending 100% of my time on this issue because my parents are paying for my food. I don't have to pay for rent. I don't have bills. Mm. Yeah. So. I'm not shitting on them as well for thinking that way. Maybe due to their uh, current uh, age right now and mindset. So yeah. I just hope, like, once they grow up, they'd understand some of these things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's that that's the stage also when you're starting to figure it out. Like, you're starting to understand that, hey, this is my life and I have a say in things. You're almost 18, you know, you can say the things you want to say. So, you know, that's the, that's one of the early stages of you really walking on your own. So, yeah. you know, and it's good. And it's also, I think, just to be fair, there's value in that. And people, and people saying that, oh, you're apolitical when you're not, when you're silent and like you're part of the oppressor if you're, um, if you're not speaking. I feel like there's value in that because it's, it's. I'm pretty sure it has caused some people to move and say something when really they were just lazy. I feel I feel the same way. Yeah, it 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 moved people, but my problem with it is, again, you're pressuring people and you're guilt guilt tripping people into saying something they don't know shit about, and that's the dumbest thing. <laughs> like you're asking people to, hey, what do you think? What, what engine do you think I should get for this type of car? I don't know shit. No, you're not political. You're part of the pressure if you don't tell me right now. Oh my god, like it takes weeks to study this, dude. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, and you're gonna, you know, like I talk about, you know, engines and cars uh, to be funny, but like, and you're talking about political stuff and it's life and death for a lot of people. Do you think the person can think of that and just the snap? Come on, like, that's the problem with a lot of people. Like, they're guilt tripping each other, and that's what the media wants. That's what the more powerful people want like people fearful people so angry people they're very easy to control because you do this you know how they react right it's easy to know how people will react when they're angry and when they're very uh scared so that's what's stupid to me people don't really know what they're talking about and it's sad i don't know how to solve that Also, I feel like it's going to create a problem in the long run because, like what you said, we're forcing people to have a, to force an opinion on them on on a matter they're not even ready to think about, mm-hmm. or some people take a while to process things. So if it takes them a while to process their opinions, then we have to give it to them. Yes, and some people might say to that, um, then if you're not giving it time, what are you giving time to? Like, do you think this is not important? Do you think people oppressed aren't important? But we gotta take into account mental illness, 
a lot of people are uh, riddled with it and they don't really have the bandwidth. Every day they're trying to survive. Some people take hours to get out of bed. They don't understand this or they don't care probably. Or people are so busy fe feeding their family. You're going to ask them to stop selling cookies, stop baking. Um, so many things, you know. And in, in a day, we only have this much space in our heads to really think about stuff that are important to us. If we're, we don't we don't compartmentalize them effectively, you're going to fall into fit, I don't know, pits of probably more mental health issues. Yeah. And we can't pressure people into this. Um, not everyone is as a good thinker as you are. A lot of people are just followers and you don't want to take advantage of that. You don't want to lead them into something worse than where it started, you know? They're yeah. not oppressors for not knowing what to do. Yeah. So, I don't know. It just fires me up sometimes. You know? Yeah, I agree. Like These are the things that people don't want to talk about <laughs> right now because it goes against the norm, but I think it has to be said yeah. that these are realities. I think we have to talk about film photography a little bit. <laughs> I think we just missed each other so much and we had we wanted yeah. to talk and yeah, we forgot about film photography for right second. now I'm a fan of uh, Jeloy Conception yeah super fan yeah I think he's like he found that middle ground on exactly. on art film photography and at the same time being political video views hold on this is the, the guy showed me the, the, with the with the with the text yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i love the uh his stuff also also he alternates it eh? so he talks about something political today and then tomorrow people's feelings relate uh, yeah you have a time to read and re-digest what he's saying as opposed to every day it's political stuff i mean again don't hate me i have nothing against people who do that but for some it can be a lot to take in so i i love that he has a breathing space in between Yes. Yeah, and I really like his one post. Um, it was a picture of someone, uh, I think, from the slums, and it said like, "You can't blame them for not planning for tomorrow when they exhausted all of their energy uh, surviving for today." And I think that wraps up. Uh, that's a good uh, quote for this entire discussion right now. Like. Uh, give people some slack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not force everyone to do something that we want. They, we all have our own battles. Yeah. And, and and it's very ironic that you know a lot of, a lot of these a lot of these people who are making noise like that they want to liberate some people they want to stop oppression but isn't it very ironic that in, in hopes or on the way of liberating or trying to liberate some people, you end up oppressing some other people. Yeah. You know, exactly. so. It, it's just, you know, we can give them the benefit of the doubt that they just want something better to happen, you know. Yeah. We're, we're, the intentions are there. We understand that. It's just like, maybe there's a better way of doing things. Mm. Of yeah. spreading the message across. Yes. Oh, we see the bigger picture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Reserve judgment. Always hear things from both sides. <laughs> yeah. Always. Always. Even though, you know, sometimes you're going to have to eat your words. Eat your words. Let that be the better normal. Eating yeah. words. <laughs> They're healthy for you, man. 
So moving forward, uh, what do you think of what are your predictions on of what the film photography is going film photography scene is going to be? It's it's really expensive right now. So yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm seeing a lot of this transition. Like they're using that limited medium for um for less mundane photographs and more of uh, statements. And I think that's a that's a healthy practice. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's really uncertain now because mm-hmm. film photography was expensive to begin with, and then now that you know a lot of people, it's becoming even more scarce, like the film. So, I I do think that a lot of people will be more into developing at home and trying developing at home just to lessen going outside and stuff. Or buying their own scanners and probably like printing at home stuff like that. Um, but when it terms when it comes to shooting, I really don't know how we're going to move forward with this. But I'm um, I think um, same with my predictions with social um, sorry physical hanging out and stuff like that. You get to meet like maybe one or two people at a time and then shoot at a place where you know that it's really super safe. The person there has been in quarantine and as a responsible person. So meaning maybe someone you're close with and then maybe do a shoot with that person first. Speaking of speaking of which, SP and I are actually planning on meeting up like in two weeks or so just in his place because, you know, you tr- we trust each other to be responsible enough naman to like practice all the, the sanitation protocols and the yeah. social distancing and stuff like that. So I think it's going to be like very limited if we're going to do shoots. But I don't think it's going to go away because well people we people also need photography as like an avenue and like a way for them to cope. So I am Yeah. Do you also have the feeling that uh COVID took photography away from us? Yes. Yeah. Because you know, that that's the interesting thing about this is photography is something that you do like physical in person hundred percent of the time. So this is also something that we have to deal with that a lot of people's shoots are getting cancelled. Yeah. Don't know how to deal with um the shoots that we're going to have in the future. But then again, you know, we need to learn how to adapt. I don't know, maybe shoot wearing a big plastic bubble or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I think some people um, listening need to understand, especially those who are non-photographers and non-artists. Like um, us photographers, we don't do photography for just vanity. Sometimes it's really a coping mechanism for it's a stress reliever. Um, so if if you remove it from us, like from a snap like that, it's really going to affect uh, most of us. Because. especially event photographers like yeah and also portrait photographers because you can yeah. like unless you shoot like selfies but most of the time it's it requires like a model another person to be there so it's really difficult yeah yeah i feel i feel that like uh we're not doing it for vanity or you know it's a coping mechanism and I think it's hard nowadays to kind of like separate that or sometimes the line gets blurred. Like whenever you're good at something, you feel like you have to 
get something out of it like you know um people will tell you oh try to sell your pictures or try to you know be a professional at it but sometimes it's, it, when, when it's your coping mechanism sometimes you got to respect that it's your coping mechanism and you don't want to take it any further um i think i felt that recently with uh i've been painting a lot and um wait are your audios there yes awesome okay um so i've been painting a lot and recently because i would post them every now and then and i would have people i have a, a lot of artists because i went to an art school and also stayed in the art environment for years also and so people have been asking if i could do commissions and stuff like that and i think it gave me a lot of anxiety because holy shit like now there's going to be someone judging if i should do it this way or that way I agree with you 100%. Yeah, but it's a coping mechanism and then a lot of the people I asked about it should I do this should I do that and they were always pushing me. Yes, do it, do it like this how you do it that's how you do it. And then when I just tuned them all out and then eventually thought that now I'm not going to do it that way. But yeah, sometimes we are we feel, you know, as artists that we forget that some of the stuff that we do should stay as coping mechanisms, you know. Yeah. And I think it's a, it, it puts a different weight to your art when people are already paying for it. Yeah. So I get what you mean. Like, for example, is this print really worth this person's XX pesos? It also is hard because like, this work, especially if your work is something precious to you. Yeah. And I, I think that's what non artists wouldn't understand that. It's hard when usually when it's a coping mechanism, right? It's uh, it's something from the heart, and it sometimes it's from pain too. You know, it's from happiness, it's from pain, it's from a lot of things, probably from your depression and stuff. And it's so hard to like put value on that, or it's so hard for someone to suddenly tell you, "Hey, uh, can you change this color up a little bit?" But that's really how you felt. That was your, that's your pain talking to you. This is how I want to paint this color. You know, and I understand design is that way, you know. When you do commissioning, that's your work and you should do that. And, you know, as a designer, I don't have those anxieties. Like, have me change this? Yeah, I'll change it. You know, you're my client and stuff. But it's just so different when you're talking about this thing that you create using your very strong feelings. <laughs> so... Are you doing any personal work right now, Anna, or is it all uh, for work? Uh, job? Well, my job is very different from my from what I do, like my art. So most of my stuff are for my, you know, as, as Gab mentioned, my coping mechanism. So right now, I have a lot of stuff that I want to do, but they're all just listed down. So I ha- I'm not pressuring myself to finish it also because I feel like most of the time the joy that comes with it is when you're, you feel up to it. You feel taking a photo at this moment. You feel like taking a lot of photos today. And then there are some days when you really don't feel like it. So it's not something that you can, you have to force yourself to do. I think that's one of the good things also about having like it 
as being a, a coping mechanism and not your job. Because of course, if it's, like what Gab mentioned, if it's your job, fine, I can submit this today or I can edit this. But when it comes to something as precious as our work, by our... But, uh, <laughs> it's hard to talk about it without laughing. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's another defense mechanism that we have with, as artists. Once yeah. we start talking about our deepest, yeah. deepest feelings. Para, we laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we. I think, you know what? Like, I don't want to go dark here, but I think it's because we are so used to being shut down for talking about things. Because we, we weren't always around artists. We've been around friends who didn't know shit about it or who didn't care. So I think that's one of the the reasons. And I feel also that there's this one person who wouldn't understand what you're doing and you're yeah. you're doing it. And like, why are you taking this photo? Why is it color orange? <laughs> like, like, ah. Exactly. You can't help but feel offended. You try not to, but like, girl. <laughs> yeah, because also it's not their fault. And I don't think it's their fault. You know, we just feel bad, but <laughs> we just have to hide it. Or laugh also. Laugh with it. Laugh with ourselves. Oh, for it. I think that's also one of the reasons why I haven't been active. I mean, it took me a while to be active in social media platforms. Like, now I'm only active on Instagram, but it also took me a while to share my stuff out there because there's, there's always this feeling that someone wouldn't get it or they would ask, what is this? What are you posting? And then sometimes I would post and then I wouldn't put a caption to it. But then now during this pandemic, I tried to really be more open about my feelings and I put like a story behind um, some of the art that I put out and people have been receiving it quite well naman. So I, I yeah, I like, I like this stuff that you put out. I like the, the captions that you put out there too. <laughs> Thank you so much. But it really took a while because I'm not really used to like opening up to people in that way opening up to my feelings in that way. So, yeah. one step at a time. Yeah. One of those things that uh, the pandemic took away from me were, you know, they're, they're my commute. I never knew, I never thought I would miss my commute. I used to have like a four-hour almost commute <laughs> a wow. day. Yeah. Depends on the traffic, but I always get caught up in it. And I miss it. Um... It sounds so stupid, but I miss it because it was my alone time. It was my time to, to think and to be amidst a lot of people. And that gave me a certain certain mindset or a certain space for my mind to be okay. That I don't have right now. I have to build. I, I realized just a few weeks ago that I had to build that for myself. And yeah, I've been working on that, but just interesting that. You know, it, it, huh? I think um, I feel like Daryl has been so quiet. Yeah, I'm just listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, it's just taking away a lot of outlets, and I feel like, you know, that, uh, like you said, like now you're opening up more. That's just the, that's just why I thought about it because now I've been um, having more outlets also with art and talking about more, talking more about what I feel to other people too, because of the outlets that I guess the pandemic took away from me. I also 
said about the commute. Because I was talking to my friend, like, this was way, way before the pandemic happened and everything. And um, instead of, like, taking a car home or taking a grab home, sometimes we'd really prefer the commute as in the hassle commute of MRT during rush hour just because it sort, it sort, um, it sort of humbles us and makes us, like, observe other people around us. Because sometimes we'd feel like our problems are so big when in fact they're so petty when you compare them with other people. Like if you take a Jeep or if you take an MRT, you would see that these people don't have a choice. That's why they're taking public transportation because they can't afford to take Grab or to have their own car. And it really, you know, it really sparks something in me na parang it humbles me and it puts me back on my feet. And aside from that, yeah, it also makes me think about a lot of things. And when I get back home or when I get to work sometimes, parang I feel happy because I realize a lot of things. Wow, ang senti na naman, oh my God. Pero, yeah, pero I agree with that also, with the commute thing. Yeah, I think I can, I can relate as well because um, if you guys notice, I'm really back into cars again if you see my existing posts. Oh, yeah, post. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, ever since I was a kid, that was my first love. Even before film photography, I was really into cars. And I just recently found that, like, passion again during the ECQ. Even, like, months before the ECQ, I was going back into it. And I realized, even though I really like cars, for some weird reason, I don't like driving as much as... I really, I don't like driving as much as I like, like, taking the train. Mm. I, I'm not a fan of the other types of commute. I, but I, I, I sometimes still take the jeepney or and the bus. But for some reason, I find riding the train kind of therapeutic in some way. Like yeah. you could you, you could afford to zone out. There you don't miss any stops. I don't know it's really relaxing, even with all the chaos around. Yeah, yeah. I might be a dumb comparison, but I kind of get. Sim- a similar feeling when I look at the night sky because I'm a big fan of looking at the moon, the stars, and whatever, just, you know, taking it all in. And I kind of feel the same when I'm commuting or w- when I'm a Mizzolat and lots and lots of people and, um, you know, the train, the sound of the train, when you're walking there, everything, you just feel a lot of things more, I feel like. Then listening to music and pretending you're in a movie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You know, every now and then I'm like, this is the perfect movie soundtrack for the scene right now. And then the 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 song will um go to the next one. I'm like, oh no, this is better actually. Yeah. <laughs> song comes yeah, sometimes, it, yeah. <laughs> and for those who are not fans of taking the train, if you want to feel time slowing down, try walking instead of rushing towards the turnstiles or the or the stairs of the train. So it's so it's so dr- dramatic or cinematic. Like you feel like <laughs> I'm slowing time down. I'm just walking while everyone is rushing around me. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a difference when you're not in a hurry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to like when you're late and stuff or when it's like fun day or there's not a lot of people around. It also gives a different vibe. Yeah. I can't believe I am shit, we're missing it. <laughs> <laughs> we're romanticizing the Filipino broken system of commute. 
Um, we just uh, got into full mode nostalgia here. We jumped into super different topics from being like an activist yeah. to film photography <laughs> to. Commute. I like how I like how we're supposed to be talking film photography and we're all film photographers, but we have to make an effort to stay on track with film <laughs> photography. <laughs> Uh, how do you think your guys' film photography style is evolving? Do you, do you have any observations? Like in general, or yeah, like just uh, if you can, you can make the pandemic as an example for the evolution, then that's awesome too. Well, as, as I said earlier, a lot of artists are really coping and some of them are coping well because they're doing great things with their art. But when it comes to um, photography in general and film photography, I think the most that I've seen are people doing Zoom shoots, which I have. And then there's this um, film photographer based in New York, um, Linus. I'm not sure if you follow him on YouTube. He did this thing where... He visited his friends and then he just stayed in his car while the, he photographed them on their windows. And it's so cool. Uh. Obviously, they have nice windows. <laughs> here, but, but that's one of the nicest things that I saw. And aside from that, there's also this, um, I think he's a photojournalist. He took photos of people just standing in their homes and he was like on the street or something. Super ganda na output. So, ayun, I think some people really are adapting well to being limited. Eh? Just like what film photography gives to other photographers. But me personally, mm, meh. I, I mean, my works are mostly very documentary. But like what I mentioned earlier, there isn't really much to document. So, ayun. I am still having a hard time trying to really create in the situation and in the circumstances that I'm in and the stuff that I have now. So, ayun. What about you guys? <laughs> For me, uh, <laughs> I feel <laughs> like it's a good breathing. Then, because you know how I don't have glasses uh, yeah. and I can't really see your reaction. So, I thought Daryl was about to speak. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, I think for me, it, right now it's a breather for film photography, for myself at least. Um, I'm reviewing my other stuff, you know, and trying to just ponder the whole situation right now and all the film photography. And um, I make, it, it makes me so much more excited to get back out there and shoot. Yeah. So that's just how I'm looking at it. Nothing deeper, complex. Just, it is a breather right now. And, you know, Try to not drop art at all, you know. If you, I'm still taking pictures around the house or you know with whatever. Like Instagram stories has been really something that you know you're documenting stuff. It, it's a good practice to be documenting stuff, you know. Even if you're just home, take a picture of your foot or whatever. <laughs> just don't stop, you know. Don't stop and. I'm so guilty of that, taking photos of my foot. Yeah. And, and I speak of this a lot because uh, I like dabbling in a lot of different art forms. And I feel like um, 
when you do that, you're actually also enriching your own art form. Let's say you're a film photographer and you try to do sketching or probably even music or whatever art form you want to get into. It will enrich your film photography um, skills or I guess perspectives. When you go back there, you take something with you and you're actually more solid or more diverse as a film photographer. So, yeah. For me, I'm thinking of it in a more practical sense. Like, um, the cost of developing has gone up during the quarantine, the cost of film. Like, if we put a monetary value on it, it seems like each photo we take is worth, if you're using medium format, it's around 40 to 50 pesos each. So that's around a dollar for each shot. And I think it's so practical choice to start taking photos with meaning not necessarily meaningful to others but at least they have meaning for myself as well because mm-hmm. I've noticed that my previous work are full of mundane things like I take photos of um, of sand which is yeah it, you could interpret it in such a way but during that time when I was taking a photo for me it was just mundane it doesn't have meaning for me that's why when I look back at it I know it feels empty like yeah, there's nothing mm-hmm. in this photo. And I'm hoping after the quarantine, like, I, I start to take photos which are really meaningful to me. Maybe yeah. I plan to start with fa- my family first, like, mm-hmm. taking fo- random photos of them. That's, that's, that's interesting. And I think, like uh, Anna said earlier about, uh, you know, this pandemic, like teaching us a lot about life in ourselves. Uh, I think because we're being more uh, reflective, we're thinking more nowadays, I guess, because we have more time to at least. So we can use all of that thinking that when we take pictures again in the future, I guess it, it, it'll hold more meaning because we're thinking more when we're taking, I guess, mundane shots. It has meaning now or something. Yeah. I guess we can grow in that aspect as well. Yeah, so our 30-minute Zoom call turned into a two-hour. <laughs> I just, I just, I just want to slip this in. I think Iceland, does she have a Instagram or no? Yeah. Yeah, she has one. Oh, she does? Because uh, I just saw this post she did on Facebook wherein she did something with the negatives. I don't understand, but... Ah, Sayana type. Sayana type, yeah. Ah, Sayana type. I know nothing about that, but that was interesting. I think it's more of a printing technique, right, Anna, rather than photography. Yeah, I think so. There's a um, there's a course in Skillshare about it that I'm mm. also going to watch some. Oh. So if you guys are interested in that, I know we didn't explain about it. Uh, explain it that much but it's really interesting go check Iceland's Instagram I guess I don't know what it is what is it I'm not sure (laughs) the process goes but I think um, you have to have like a special type of paper for it I'm sorry go ahead no go ahead there's also this artist that I saw who like destroys his Instax shots 
and comes up with the super amazing like painterly looking photos afterwards like he puts in chemicals he burns mm. the film i'm going to try and experiment with that also because i have a lot of ugly instructions oh. i'm looking forward to that and i'm pretty sure our audiences are looking forward to that too uh it's been five hours or if you can <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable guys <laughs> but yeah i miss you guys and i miss the audience also yeah. maybe not the audience how could you miss the audience <laughs> <laughs> uh i hope they watch it uh are we done <laughs> yeah i think it's time to wrap things up <laughs> yes we might fall asleep. Like Anna and Dar were talking about some people who fall asleep on Zoom meetings. No. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want Daryl to be on his phone while, uh, looking at memes. No. Yeah. <laughs> then he's already looking at memes. <laughs> yeah. I, so I need my nightly supply of memes before I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone asked that on the comments before. Like, who who likes memes more? I just. People really love memes that they're so concerned about who likes memes more. Like they were asking me and Daryl. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, let's end this real quick. Um, Anna, your pages where people can find you. You can follow me at Anna Chu on Instagram. It's E double N U H C H E W. And I post everything there. So if I have stuff on other platforms, you'll probably find it out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um thank you, Anna, yeah. for your time. Thank Thanks you. Time. I let's take a photo. Okay. <laughs> okay, hold on. I cannot see myself. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So um we're gonna have uh hopefully this sparks a chain of guests. So we we're gonna yeah, continue so with analog dialogue. Content from you guys. Yeah, and hopefully, like, we get you back on this podcast. If it uh, does continue and we get a bunch of people on, then you're definitely going to come back on. So, uh, yeah, it was nice talking to you. Thank you, guys. And that's the wrap. Bye. Comment, subscribe, notification bell. Bye.